Welcome to What's on Your Souls, a relational podcast where you can relax and enjoy conversation, inspiration, encouragement, and motivation in a judgment-free space. Don't continue to drag around that emotional debris. Here's what's next on this episode. Sometimes people find it almost disrespectful to go back and to question because they'll say, well, they did the best they can. I get it. I know. And I think sometimes we do a disservice when we say it is what it is. Keep it moving. Have a seat on the porch and let's examine what's on your soul. Well, hello, this is Mia. Welcome to the What's on Your Soul podcast, a figurative front porch of conversation and dialogue that calls for us to remove our shoes, turn them upside down, and examine what is on the soles of our shoes. And we are doing this to interrupt dysfunction and move towards life-giving moments that help us not only live well with ourselves, but live well with those that we share our lives with. So today, it is my privilege to sit on the porch with my dear friend, Dr. Joy Bell. Hey, Joy. Hi, Mia. How are you? I'm doing well. So, Joy, I was thinking um, when you said yes to coming to the porch about our coming together and how impactful that has been in my life, which I feel is pretty much a model for relationships, is that rarely is it about just one person. It's the reciprocal gift of being in proximity to someone else and the lesson that they're going to teach you and uh, I think sometimes people think the lesson is always like what not to do. But sometimes the lesson is what is possible and what to do. And it feels very gracious having you in my life. And so I thank you for being here. Um, it's been good for me. Has it been good for you? It's been good for me. You are a unique person. And um, I'm a middle child, so I feel unique as well, Mia. But you, it's like you know a kindred spirit if there is one. So it definitely has been a, a, a gift to me, a blessing to me to have this opportunity over the last year or so to get to know you better. I love it. So, you know, I'm thinking about this, Joy. Can you tell just a little bit today, of course, we're focusing on who you are as an intentional person, just the essence of you. But I do think people are often intrigued. I have listeners who say, so what does that person like do for a living? What is the space that they walk in day to day? Can you tell just a little bit about that? I have the opportunity to work with children and adults in a school every day. And so I am in leadership at a private school here in Dallas. And I enjoy the opportunity to not only to pour into lives, but also to to see them grow, to see them blossom, to see them transform, um, to see them change. And so that's sort of, that's what I do every day. Uh, you know, I, it's not a title for me. It really is a, a calling. It is a feeling that I have when I engage with those people um, every day. And so it, it is a, a blessing for me. I don't know if you have taken this from education, but I did uh, when I worked in the field for several years. It almost holds you accountable right? The wonderment of a child, the curiosity, the quick to forgive, the joy, the happiness. It's such a contagious and constant reminder of what it is we start out with. Do you agree? I do agree. Um, I think there's something that's in a child's eyes. Um, 
in many ways, I am a gatekeeper for those children. And so, you know, when, when I have difficult conversations, I always remember that because the decisions that I will make will impact them for years and years to come. And so when I look in their eyes, it's more than reading, writing, math. It's their children, their spouses, their journeys. And so I know that I have a, a small part to play in that. And I take that very seriously. I agree. It has been such a gift to have you in my life. It's even more so to have you here sitting on the porch with me today. So we're going to take a quick break. I want to remind all of our listening friends to go to miaembro.com, leave a comment, subscribe and like. So it's evident that people are listening and hopefully it's impactful. But what we really need to happen is for you to subscribe and like so that we can continue these conversations on the porch that we hope will benefit everyone. So please do that. And then when we get right back, I'm literally going to turn the mic over to Dr. Bell. And we're going to, we have a topic today that is intriguing um, and probably I want to say one of the most frequent conversations that come into my private practice into my office is peace. Peace in the midst of, we can call it a storm, we can call it chaos, we can call it dysfunction, we can call it imbalance, whatever it, it feels like to whomever, but the inability to identify and secure peace. And so Joy is going to speak to that when we return. We'll be right back. More conversation on the way from What's On Your Souls with Mia. In the meantime, if you have a comment, log on with your laptop or smartphone to miaembro.com. That's M-I-A-M-B-R-O-H.com. From the audio player, click the leave a comment link. Let your voice be heard. Now, back to more of what's on your souls. So one of my listeners said, Mia, I need you all to get down to the get down. We need this podcast to be longer and we need for you all to just get in it. But I've been told the podcast can't be any longer, so we're just going to get into it. Sounds good. All right. So our topic is today, the storm within peace, or maybe just talking about peace itself. So you ready? I am. So tell me why peace? What is it about that particular part of us, the peaceful part that lends itself to an entire conversation. <laughs> I think it's where we're all wanting to, to go. And some of us, we yoga it. Some of us um, do all sorts of different things to get there. But I think we're all trying to get to that place where we, we feel that it's okay. And we're okay. And we're okay with it not being okay. Um, and so I think that in some way, whatever space you're coming from in life, you're trying to get to that space. Okay. So how do you know that? Why do you say that? Because there's a lot of different inroads on that. Some people will say, I don't need anybody. Just keep it moving. Is that peace? Some people will say, I'll, I will tell them what I want them to know. And that's all that needs to be known. Is that peace? I can't speak to that. I can speak to the, my need for peace and those who are sort of in my space. For me, peace is um, being okay with what is, regardless of what it is that I want it to look like. So in my life, peace looks like I'm okay. Even though all is not well, I am still well. 
Um, and so that's sort of the space that I look at peace with. And I think that for me, you know, I'm a little older, not that much older than, than our host here, but I'm a little Dr. older. Dr. Bale is not old. I don't, I, 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 oh, I'm so sorry to interrupt you. <laughs> so I need to normalize everything. That's my role as a therapist. I don't know why Dr. Bell even just said that, but so Dr. Bell is not old. So everybody just settle down. Okay. Proceed. Go ahead, Dr. Bell. In my, my forties is where I am now. Um, my definition of peace has changed. Um, I would say that it's changed from the point of getting married to then having children to the professional part of my life because things can get a little bit more, they're less and less in your control. And some that may know me may listen, please don't admit to this, that I may have some control issues, but as you get older and you have all sorts of things happen, family, your, your parents get older, aging, all of that. Things are so much out of the day-to-day control that I've, I've sought peace like water. So you, part of this just full transparency to the listening friends is that you and I came to this topic together and this is what was pressing for you. So I think that's interesting. Why peace joy? Like of all the things you could have talked about, you have a litany of things that you could talk about because you're interacting with varied people day in and day out. Why was peace the first and foremost thing on your mind that you were like, Mia, this is our dialogue. I think probably over the last five years, I just became exhausted of the, the drive and the trying and the striving. And so for me, it became a pursuit of sorts because I, I realized that it wasn't something that would just happen. I would need to pursue peace in my life and in my mind and in my home and in my professional endeavors and with my children. And so for me, that's why I asked to talk about peace. I'm not there, but it is an intentional everyday decision for me to seek peace. Okay. So what was the, was there an epiphany of a moment? Because you said you became exhausted of the striving and the climbing and the fighting. And so then what does that look like at a rocking chair level? What is, uh, if you were to put in picture form or rocking chair level, that exhaustion, what does that look like? I'll or tell what you, did it look like? I'll tell you what I did okay. uh, a couple of years ago. And I grew up uh, in a divorced home. My mother remarried. Um, and so, and in the remarriage, there was physical abuse. There was alcoholism in, inside the home. And I was sort of the person that was, yeah, I wasn't the oldest child, but I took on that role in the home. And so I was always, you know, is it going to be okay? And, and, and what happens when you, you come home drunk and what happens when, and so I was always navigating. So somewhere in the middle school years, I actually had ulcers, you know, and it was like, it was so crazy, but I did because I was worried about everything all the time because I was put in a position where I was sort of helping these adults navigate their lives. And so that's sort of the short version. A couple of years ago, I, I called my mom and I said, I need to, I want to come down and talk with you. And she said, okay. And she's so sweet. And just, she's just, she's still sweet. She was sweet. She is. Do you think your mom had any idea of this moment you were having? (sighs) So was that a normal request? Mom, I'm going to come out. No, because I'm, we, I'm in a family where, you know, we don't, or I was raised in a family of origin, um, that we didn't talk about a lot of things. We saw them, we covered our eyes. We said, we didn't see them. We just dealt with. And so my mother had a personality that she just pressed on 
she went through and she would just, Joy, we need to have a plan A, B, C, and D. And I just saw her always just press through whatever it was, not deal with it, but find a way on the other side of it. Okay, Dr. Bill, we're going to have to stop for just a moment because I have some questions. Okay. Do you, do you know me to have questions? Uh, about a thousand. Okay. So, and then we're going to come back to that conversation where you said, Mom, I need to come see you. So when you say things like, we as a family didn't talk about things, we just pressed on. So when I hear that, that uh, there are some familiar parts of that because that whole pressing on is very, uh, it, we hear that frequently, right? You just push through it. Just keep on keeping on. This too will pass. This, right? So there's that facet of what you said, just pressing on. And maybe that's tenacity. Maybe that's perseverance. There are all types of vernacular attributes that could be assigned to that. But this whole we didn't talk about it, no matter what it was, no matter how, like, that doesn't seem right. How dysfunctional, how flipped in responsibility it was, you didn't talk about it. Are there any consequences or ramifications from that? On an individual that is a child that lives that, do you see any fingerprints of that on you? I do. I mean, I, I, I do. And that was probably that was the genesis of the conversation. I want to go back to my mother because I felt like she was, she taught me that. She taught me to just keep going. So in some ways that has served me well in my life. And so I thanked her for that part of it. Yes. But in some ways it has um, caused me to not be all that I know God would want me to be in my life, all the spaces. And so not, it wasn't a blame conversation. It wasn't a, a call, I want to blame you and I want to point fingers. It's just, I want to have a conversation with the origin of this. So not to assign guilt or blame or shame, but to move towards understanding. Yes. So you call and you say, Mom, I'd like a few moments of your time. I want to come see you. Then what from there? I did. Went to Louisiana. We went to one of our favorite places to eat. I figured, you know, food always helps you to... What's the name of your favorite place? Uh, Brewbockers it was, is what it was called. Shout out so to Brewbockers. Go ahead, Brewbockers in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. And I just sat there. And I don't know why we ordered food, because we didn't eat it. And we cried most of the time. And I just looked at her, Mia, and I said... Because I, I knew that I had gotten to a point in my life where I was tired of the climb and the striving and someone saying you're, you're doing great or, you're, or I was tired of it. And I said, somewhere I think I'm missing something here and I want you to tell me this, that I don't have to do this anymore. And I said, I feel like somehow I didn't get that piece from you. I learned what to do in certain situations and that served me, but in some places I'm probably seeking disapproval that's causing me to be outside of peace because I'm needing it from you. And she looked at me because she's just who she is. And she just cried and she said, stop, stop. I love you. I love you. Um, you don't have to do this. You have everything that I'm proud of you. And we are just, <laughs> we're, you know, we're in the brew bockers and trying to eat and crying and all that. And it was, it was almost like, I said, I'm seeking that, and that's why I'm on the ladder. I don't know, Mia, why everyone's on the ladder. Right. But I recognize after a little situation happened professionally that why am I looking for this from these, these individuals? Because I didn't get it where I needed to get it, and so I wanted to go back. And when she told me, stop, and just, I mean, bawling, we were just crying, Mia. 
you don't have to do this anymore. You are enough. So she got it. She, she got it immediately. And she said to me, I think sometimes when we don't realize and we don't give uh, individuals grace, she said, Joy, I couldn't give you what I didn't have. And so I gave you what I had. I gave you the keep it up, keep going, press on. And that's what I've done. And I said, Mama, I, I love that about you. I love that I'm able to take a hit and get right on back up. But I began to realize that how I got back up mattered as well. So I, I did take a hit and I got up, but there were some wounds when I got up. There were some things I needed to talk about after I got hit. Yes. And I didn't know how to do that. I just knew how to get up and keep going. And so she helped me in that moment to, to stop it's striving. Good. It's good, Joy. I love the fact that you said, we hear that and we're going to move into a break. We hear so often, another phrase we hear is, you they did the best that they could. And that is so true. And that is to be affirmed and validated. But that does not imply that there is not more to learn and to have and to stretch yourself. And so I sometimes people find it almost disrespectful to go back and to question because they'll say, well, they did the best they can. Right. But what we've learned from this is that when then when you did go back and ask your mom, she was almost saying, I know, baby. Right. She did. I get it. I she know. Did. And I think sometimes we do a disservice when we say it is what it is. Keep it moving. Sometimes you do go back and you go back and you say, I want to understand more. I want to implore of you. I want to know, not for blame reason, but for full understanding. And many times that time is redeemed. Yes. And it advances you uh, in a way that you could never imagine had you not. And so you asked me why I chose this topic. I chose it because um, I'm no longer on that climb. And every now and then, Mia, you know, you sort of revert back to what you know, and but it doesn't feel comfortable. And when I feel that sort of wheel happening, that's not who I am anymore. I don't need that part of me anymore. I can still get to my end without being out of peace. This is good, Dr. Bell. We are going to take a break. And then we'll be right back. While we're having great conversation with What's On Your Souls with Mia Imbro, we wanted to thank you for listening. And we look forward to hearing from you at MiaImbro.com. There you can get caught up on previous shows, comment, or even give us feedback. All right, let's get back to our final segment as we wrap up What's On Your Souls. This is so good. This is so deep. I wish we had... Just days and days for this. But I was thinking when you, after you spoke, the thing that resonated with me is it sounds as if you're saying you grew up in a family of origin that was not peaceful. Chaotic. Chaotic. So here's the question I have for you. If it is, if all you ever knew was chaos, because I deal with this a lot with people as clients in my practice. All they know is then what they then continue to put on every experience and relationship thereafter. Does that make sense? So if chaos is their norm, they either are drawn to chaos or they continue to create it, whether covertly or overtly, they continue to create chaos. And sometimes they're even like, what? What is happening? But they know that they've thrown the landmine right out but then they, they're surprised that it's blown up. 
but it's because that's what they've known. So how then would you even contemplate, consider, identify peace as the commodity you were seeking when chaos was the fuel in your tank? I think it's probably the marriage. And I know my husband's going to listen to this at some point. Shout Don't out. Don't take any credit, Kedron Bell. Shout out to Kedron. Yeah, there we are. I think it's the marriage because Kedron grew up in not a perfect home, but he grew up in a two-family home. I mean, Mia, I went to, I think, five elementary schools and and four middle schools and three, you know, always moving. All and He grew up in one house, and they lived there, and that's where they were born and all that. And I think what I what I realized when I got married, and it wasn't immediately, years into, that he would just say, Joy, it's not that serious, or it's okay, or it's not that big deal. I'm like, what do you mean it's not a big Did you I do was, that voice? Yeah, I was always want, wanting to shake him to some space that was familiar to me. Oh, wait, let's just stop for a moment. Can you repeat that again? I was always trying to get him to some space that was familiar to me. And the chaos was familiar, was familiar to me. Um, if he didn't, if he'd said, oh, well, that makes sense, Joy. I was like, you know, say it louder or say it stronger. Or, or, I mean, the you dream. wanted more of that yeah, chaos it's in like, it. Yes. It's like almost yearning for it. And that doesn't work real well in a marriage. So I think you said, well, how did I know? It doesn't work really well because you don't want to, you don't, I don't want to come home to that every day. He doesn't want to come home to drama every day. Did he tell you he didn't want to come home to that? He did. And I don't, I think he didn't have the language probably early on, but he did later on. And it was sort of like, maybe this is not normal. Maybe we should be, you know, happy every day, eating our cookies and stuff and just like, you know, just laughing. But it was always, I was always brewing some sort of, something to make to get them all Did riled you have up theme music playing in the back i like think so some, i okay. think so in your head you're just like it was let's like, get it this is let's do it. he's like you were always like he, he would always tell me that i had loaded words um is what he, very early on he said and i'm like me okay stop for me that feels familiar so that means that what you were saying is not what you really you really had something behind that. Yes. And he would, and, and I would he could, say, he could, could discern that. Yeah. yeah. And I would tell him, no, like all I meant was to say was, you know, and he's like, that's not what you meant. And that's not what you said. Oh and my you, gosh. you, as Louisiana, we, I don't know, maybe in the South, they call it nice, nasty. And I never saw myself as that person, but that's really how I learned to function in this sort of nice, nasty way. But I was doing it inside of my home. And it wasn't working really well. Mm -hmm. So when you said, you know, when did you know to stop? It wasn't the children because they, I mean, they garner other things, but it was wanting peace in my own home and not like really starting to think, well, maybe I am, maybe these words are loaded. Maybe I am wanting to get them riled up so that we could have a good argument and then we all, we're okay again. You know, cause that's, I was used to that. You and know? what do you think that would say to you? So this whole let's that do you cared like i would tell Kedron, he would he's always like it's okay it's so i'm like i need you to care like you know, i need you to like sh show all of this whatever i was looking for and used to and accustomed to and seeing between my my remarried parents that that meant we we, we cared in some way we we cared hard and long and loud and Ketchum was just not that person. He didn't grow up that way and he didn't know that and it was unsettling and from the very beginning he called me out on it and I, I would probably, if I were honest, I'd say it took years and years for me to go, maybe there's some truth. And it took me years probably because I began to see it professionally as well. Ooh. I began to be drawn to chaos 
um, wanting to fix chaos because that's what I knew as well, right? You know, I was in this home where there was always something going wrong that, you know, I could help fix. And Kedja's like, he, I remember he told me one time, I don't need to be fixed. I'm like, well, well, well what are we going to do if you don't need to be fixed? Because that's your role. <laughs> you are the fixer, right? Right. I'm you the were one fixing that... adults. Yeah. I, what I appreciate about what you said is that it took years. I think so many times we as human beings are looking for these quick fixes. So you get on social media, you read a couple of positive quotes. People say, have a great day, knock it out the park, blah, blah, blah. And behind the scenes, there's ensuing chaos, right? It is a process. It takes time. It takes validation. You had to be able to accept what he was saying because you could have fought that. That could have kicked up some dust. I did for a little while, Mia. But I stopped because I wanted to be married. I love Kedron. And so I wanted, to, I wanted to acknowledge what he said, the truth of what he said. Um, so my mother, that conversation came a lot later. Kedron came a lot earlier. Yes. Um, because, because he, for me, I always was tied to the family of origin, but now I want to keep the family that I've built intact. And so it was important for me to be honest and say, you're right, and that was loaded. And I was trying to get a rise out of you um, and all those sorts of things. So, but now... Um, I don't know. That's kind of where, where it, the, it began for me. And it maybe ended with my mother. It's pretty cool. Okay, so we, of course, time is on our, not on our side. I want you to tell me if you were to talk to the listening friends today and say, so these are your takeaway observations pertaining to peace. How to pursue it, how to be mindful of it, how to digest it, how to make it a part of your countenance. What would you say that is? I would say find out why you don't have it. I think to do the work a little bit to figure out why is it that I'm always seeking peace? Because there are people who are peaceful. I've met them. And they're not seeking and pursuing it. So I think to be honest to, with yourself, to say, why is it that I'm always seeking or I'm always in the middle of something that's chaotic? And then when you have that conversation with yourself, then you can begin to unravel and unpack what's happening and what you want to see happen in your life. Very nice. So you don't have to be fearful or condemn yourself for always being chaos, but you have to own it, right? I do. Sometimes people in chaos will say, well, this is normal. Everybody does this. And you were going, mm-mm, that, mm-mm, that's not right. Right. I see some really peaceful, happy people. And they're, yes. And they're, I mean, they have things going on in their lives, right? Yes. Just like I do. And yes. they're still, they found this center of space that is unshakable and not movable yes and that is the space that i wanted to get to so my, i guess my takeaway would be if you want to get to that place do a little digging it's good dr bell that is awesome okay so this is that was profound but this is probably my favorite part of the podcast that we have now implemented because sometimes we get caught up in the information and what is being said, and we miss the person that is right in front of us. And I want to be mindful of every individual that sits on the porch with me that I appreciate and value, and I see you, and I'm grateful for that. And so this is an activity that we're going to do, and it is called I Am From. And so I'm going to give you four different prompts, and you will respond to those prompts first saying I am from, and then responding to whatever prompt I gave you. Does that work? I can do it. So the first one is, I am from, and then you are going to list sights, sounds, and smells of your neighborhood growing up. I am from New Orleans, Louisiana. And when I think about growing up, I think about family and food 
and smells and chitterlings and Ooh. sweet potato pie and Al Green um, and all those Lionel Richie and Stevie Wonder. That's what I think about when I think about the sights and the sounds of, um, of New Orleans and those experiences when I was growing up. Okay. I am from and now list specific foods that you loved. Oh my I mean, goodness. I know you already threw the Chitlin reference in there. Oh my goodness! I, I know I some mean, are, are are ill right now thinking about that, Mia. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. Um, me, all things sugar, right? And bread pudding with my grandmother's, you know, where she make day old bread with you know cinnamon and you know special sauce or banana pudding and all those different things. Sweet potato pie. Still trying to recreate that for Thanksgiving. I've been unsuccessful. Um, those are some of the foods, I guess, that we we loved and had lots of. So when you do your sweet potato pie, you can't wash the dish. Like you have to keep using. Oh my goodness. I know. I'm sorry. Okay. So (laughs) I am from, and now you're going to list family sayings. I am from things you just, words that resonated in your mind as a child. It's interesting that you brought that up. And it was funny. I I thought about it and I'd say, um, I am from what happens in this house stays in this house. I am from, don't let your right hand know what your left hand is doing. What does that mean? Joy? Um, for me, it means it means secrecy. That's what it means. I learned it well, um, and so that's what that's what those are some familiar sayings for me. That's what come comes up for me. Okay, and the last one is I am from, and these are virtues of people that you call friends in your life. I am from loyal people. I am from people that have my back. I am from people that have my heart. Um, and I have theirs. Um, I am from people who know me for real. Well, there's nothing left to be said, is there? What a privilege. Thank you so much, Joy. Thank you, Mia. It's been a gift. We are so excited about our listening audience, and we just want to inform you that the podcast is released every other Tuesday at 6 a.m. Our guest coming up for the next podcast is my dear friend, Carla Getz, and we will have a conversation about her journey with the words value and feeling loved and the evolution of that. If you have an opinion or a thought or you want to join a conversation around those two words, value and loved, and how that has shown up in your life, and what you think would be relevant to hear in our conversation, please go to miaembro.com, hit that leave a comment button, and join the conversation. And we hope that somehow today there has been something that is life-giving and that will change the legacy of your life. So until we meet again, we hope that you will find rest for your soul. As we bring another episode to a close, we want to thank you. And check out our website at miaembro.com. That's M-I-A. M-B-R-O-H.com. Leave us a message or feedback. Also, make sure you subscribe to the podcast to receive the latest episodes. And join us next time as we discuss what's on your souls.